0: To remind to keep you humble. And if my brother should fall, or or stumble, Pick you back up, life's a mile, speed.
1: A okay, so we're back with the Juby Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam. And with us tonight is Marie and our executive producer, Heather.
0: Rare Marie sighting. We're
1: so excited.
2: Hi, guys. Hi, everybody.
0: So glad to have both of you on tonight.
1: It's been a while since uh, we've had Marie. That's going back to Steel Blue Muse, and I don't remember the name of the other podcast that you did. Uh, movies that make you remember oh, you're a kid or something. We we did
3: something like that. Yeah, we did movies, movies that you like that maybe you're embarrassed that you like or something.
1: Yeah, there you go. I think that was it. I think <laughs> yeah. that was it. But that's been a while ago. So welcome. Thanks for coming back.
3: Thank you for inviting me.
1: Okay, so tonight we're going to talk about homeschooling. And the reason we're using that as a topic tonight is that Marie does homeschooling. I do. So let's just kind of get into it. You've been homeschooling now for how long?
3: Uh, four years, just about four years.
1: Four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, mostly Alex, but now Max and Sylvia are getting involved.
3: Yes. We started when Alex was in third grade. And this last fall, he started sixth grade. It's an interesting concept in, in homeschool. We're asked what grade our kids are in. We're like, um, well, he's 12. <laughs> so whatever grade <laughs> that is. <laughs>
1: However that works out mathematically. Yeah. Okay. So give us an idea of kind of why you, you took that challenge on.
3: Um, we started homeschooling um, after attending a charter school, kindergarten, first grade, second So we were there for three years. We started third grade and I quickly, um, I had just had Sylvie. So our family had grown and getting out of the house in the morning was a challenge. Um, Not only that, but the after school was even more of a challenge. And during school hours, the stress put on Alex for a, a four day week. He, I would drop him off at 7 a.m. and pick him up at 4 p.m. And he would have 15 minutes to eat lunch. And then they'd let him go out on the playground. And he can stay in the lunchroom and eat for the next 15 minutes if he wasn't done. But he wouldn't do that. And just to give you in a comparison, at home, to eat a snack, we won't go into that. But to eat a snack <laughs> at home, it takes him about 45 minutes.
1: Okay. Well, we... We're aware of snacks, yeah we've done <laughs> we're some experts some yeah. deep dive research into snacks, so
0: we totally understand what what that's all about, yeah. okay, so
1: it was to alleviate some of the the stress and problems that were going on at the time.
3: I felt like I was spending the few hours in the evening avoiding tantrums and meltdowns, and then waking up in the morning and dropping them off for seven, eight hours to be with somebody else. While I sat at home and hung out with Max and, you know, I was still working at the time, so I would work from home, but I didn't like that I was spending my time doing that and not with him and helping take care of, you know, he's a little person and I felt like his whole person wasn't being taken care of at the school.
1: Yeah. Totally. Well, you know, unlike us, we just dumped you kids off and never gave it another thought. <laughs> so, uh it's it's interesting that you know you were able to uh, rise above that and congratulations and
2: I th- now thank I feel you.
1: <laughs> I feel even worse than than I did before but that's okay I'm used to that
0: I think that's mainly the reason why people homeschool right is to I mean just spend more have more of a um, direct care towards their child and when it comes to the education and and what you know
3: it can be the i think everybody starts for a different reason yeah and most of us continue if we continue through years and years we continue for a lot of the same reasons
0: right right right
1: okay so um now it's been four years and it it seems to be very successful you know i spent a good bit of time with alex and and he's uh He's just really a sharp kid. He's, he's very intelligent. And so what are the things that you've learned? How has it grown for you?
3: I've learned a lot over the years. But as far as becoming an expert on homeschooling, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I think that I feel more... What I would say is that I've gotten to know Alex. I've gotten to know my other two kids and how they learn and what's going to work for us. There's a lot of opportunities for homeschooling in Arizona. And the biggest challenge is knowing what to say yes to and what to say no to. And in all reality, you say no to more things than yes. And to be able to select the things that will make our homeschool successful is really what's changed. In the beginning, it was a lot of trial and error.
1: So the things you're talking about are outside of the home some of the things that you're involved in or is it just the curriculums at, at home
3: or is it both both the, the opportunities that we have to go museums different facilities just field um, trips and stuff field trips down. in general in arizona cater to homeschool in the masses and that's something where,
0: that i didn't know you know before you started homeschooling is just with that community of being in a homeschool and and how much everyone kind of will get together for field trips or different activities. Mm -hmm. Um, and how I, I love that, you know, and also obviously Alex has made a lot of friends through that as well, or that's, you know, how you kind of almost build that social aspect that you almost miss, I think from, from homeschooling.
3: Right. Well, and, and that's a whole big topic that we probably won't go too much into is socialization. Right. That's a It's a really big hot spot for especially families. And, and when I first started out, it was how do I answer that question when somebody asks me? We are home a lot. We do a lot. Um, and these days it's kind of offensive because the kids that are sitting in a classroom that are only with their own grade and are taught to be quiet and, you know, only talk when they're spoken to, and, you know, a lot of these forms of respect um, go one way, and it's not given back to the child when they're learning, so they're not allowed to speak their mind or elaborate on something because there's not enough time in the school day, Um, you know, a lot of situations play into that, Um, but homeschool kids, I mean, my kids are with me when I go to the grocery store, so they talk to the cashiers, they talk to other customers. Yeah. We you get to co-op. You know, they're around other kids, all ages. There's no discri- age discrimination. And that's one in thing too that
0: co-op. I, you know, with the homeschooling that I've noticed, and like being around you and your kids, is that it it never stops. You know, like you're you're constantly there to, to teach and to to be there to help them when it is at the grocery store, and you guys go and you're you know educating them on that's just different math, things that are around. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, whether it's math or just about the the food and the ingredients and what is out there and what you know, I mean.
3: It's biology, cooking, it's you know, life school skills, it's, um, you know, math, it's, it's all of these things. And that's, that's one of the biggest things that I appreciate about homeschool and as kind of a laid back homeschooler is that, you know, we, we learn from every opportunity.
0: Yeah. Every aspect of life, mm-hmm. which is great because yeah, there's a lot of stuff and, uh, that you miss, you know, mm-hmm. just being in a traditional school setting.
3: Right. So, and as far as the curriculum goes, if that's, you know, the things that we do at home, we have online things that are available. We have co-ops that are available. Living in Phoenix just gives us a lot of opportunity. Um, But we also have a lot of freedom in Arizona. Um, When you homeschool, you go downtown, you fill out an affidavit that you're going to homeschool your child. You fill it out one time and you don't have to ever go back and you don't ever send any kind of reporting or any attendance, or grades, or testing back to the state. So that kind of lends itself to a lot weight off your shoulders when you methods, yeah, and it puts a lot of pressure
1: on you because you know obviously it can be taken advantage of with the people that aren't you know really putting forth the effort to teach their children. You know, I know that's that's not, a
3: huge controversy actually yeah. because unschooling is a huge. Uh, percentage of the homeschooling community and you know those people would argue to you that you know well what is my kid not learning by going to the grocery store with me by you know they love to read so we go to the library and we get the books that they want to read you know at what point is that you know essentially being lazy in the system and not doing a whole bunch of book work are they not learning what they need to learn
0: right right that's interesting I never really thought about that.
1: You mentioned co op. Okay, so what exactly is co op?
3: Co op, um, there's several around town. The one that we go to um, is downtown, which is kind of an, ex- downtown Phoenix, which is kind of an experience in itself. Um, and it's a group of moms that got together and said, we have some really amazing skills and we want to teach each other's kids and so they got together and found a location and each each session they send out a list of ideas they ask parents if they can teach certain subjects and they put a schedule together the kids enroll and we all show up and i mean we're starting on monday and i'm teaching watercolor painting to five to eight year olds nice (laughs) um i'm co-teaching a lego challenge class And Alex is taking two cooking classes, and so it's just kind of, and it's different every time. It's for six weeks at a time, low commitment. Um, There's lots of different variations of that around town. But
1: like you're talking about, there's a lot of social interaction with the kids, with with all ages, with all the kids that are involved.
3: Right. There's no, there's um, age limits, and they can put firm sometimes on their ages, but there's also, uh, you know, leniency when you're signing up for if your son is really really into science and they're doing a physics class you know is it okay for the eight-year-old to sign up for the 12 plus class yeah and in a lot of institutions that's not an acceptable thing
1: right okay well that's really interesting and obviously with the co-op and and i guess outside sources you have access to some really good teachers that can help you know teach the kids
3: Absolutely. Um, One of the downfalls to homeschooling, kind of on that note, is peers. And my oldest Alex is, everybody knows Alex, sorry Alex, (laughs) (laughs) Um, is uh, very motivated by his peers. And one of the areas that he really excelled when he went to the charter school was math. That's kind of a hard subject to fit into a a co-op and to give him the same kind of peer companionship when you have, you know, a six week class of Lego challenges and cooking rice, it's, you know, a little bit harder. I I still, after four years, haven't found a good fit for him with math. So we kinda and this is one of the beauties of homeschooling. We take a different approach. There are many, many families out there that use math as their daily practice. Yeah. Because learning a daily practice is important. Mm-hmm. um we we actually fit that in with piano alex fit, uh, practices piano every single day um he also plays hockey that's a lot of practice and discipline. He has that in his life already and I use math as kind of a zoomed out conceptual um what do we need math for? what do you want to learn of math? oh, he's very ambitious and very competitive, so he wants to go and learn the ninth grade math and So he'll open it up in our program. It supplies K through 12, all available to him. And I did that on purpose because it fits his personality. Uh So he'll open up the ninth grade math and he goes, Mom, I don't know how to do this one particular function. Okay, then let's go find that particular function. And we go back to maybe more closer to his math level. We relearn that. So for me, that's teaching him how to learn. So when he sees a problem that he wants to tackle, he now knows where to go to get the information.
0: It's problem what, solving.
3: What piece of it? It's problem solving. Um, but it's very much lacking in, you know, a traditional classroom that's here's the materials. Give me the output I ask for. Here's the materials. Give me the output I'm asking for. And I have, you know, firsthand knowledge of that that. A friend is teaching in a classroom right now and she's blown away add how much the kids lack problem-solving skills that seem simple
0: right it's more of like a real life problem-solving you know situation and and you're just relating it to you know okay i don't know how to do this one thing i'm trying to do and getting in or and finding the answer or i mean when it's a you know problem-solving question in a math book it's you, it, sometimes you just don't relate it. You can't like think about how you're going to ever use that. Or that's, that very it's, true. you know, it's, it's like, you don't think about how even the process of solving that problem is going to help you later in life, finding problems later on that have nothing to do with math. Mm-hmm. So, cool. What? Nice.
1: Exactly. Well, that's always been one of the interesting things about school is in a lot of cases, teachers teach to the center of the class. And math, I remember when I was in school, math was always frustrating for me because I was very, very good at it. But you're stuck in the progression that they feel they need to teach it. So, you know, you're talking about algebra one, geometry, algebra two, you know, calculus, trigonometry, blah, blah, blah. And you've got to take one to do the next. And if you're in a classroom with people not of your level, then you're stuck. Then you're, you're taught at the pace of whoever else is in the class right and then there's the other extreme of that the kids that just aren't getting it and because of that they're left behind so what you're able to do is is take you know your curriculum and set it up to fit you know your kids
0: the pace of each kid and
1: challenging and i love the idea of problem solving of being able to understand that this is something in front of you how do i how do i figure this out and those are the big skills you know that's just huge that you can, like Adam said, you can apply that to anything, right. not just math. You can apply it to anything that you're faced with in life. So that's absolutely awesome. That's just great.
0: Now, with with that, you know, um, and, and problem solving, you had to do some problem solving yourself when first getting into it, which, you know, you said you've gotten to know Alex better, just how he learns, you know, and how all of your kids have, are starting to learn. And you've learned that there's different types of learning, right? Right. Um, so what are the different types of learning and, and how do they, like, what what is Alex and how do you, how does that relate?
2: I love this
3: part of the conversation. Different, I didn't know how I learned. I went to public school for 12 years plus and some college and I never really knew what it was called or the different types of learning. Um, I'm a visual learner. That means that I can pop open YouTube and watch somebody out there in the world do something, say something, write something, cook something, and then I can do it. Yeah. If I see written directions, I can figure it out. It's a lot harder for me to figure out. So I learned that Alex is an audio learner, also tactile. He kind of needs to do it. Um, But he can't just do it on his own. You hand something to him and he's like, what do you want me to do with this? Right, okay. (laughs) So I'll give him step by step. He can do it. At the same time, and that's the at best. At that point, that's, he's got it. That's the way he learns best. Max, um, when he was a toddler running around, would run into a room and take apart anything he can get his hands on. Um, at that age, you don't put it back together. Right. But just, it, it felt like destructive. He, I just, it was crazy. He's still kind of that way. He can put more things back together now right. that he's seven. But he's a kinesthetic learner, which okay. means you can't show him. He has no patience for it. You can't tell him he's not listening to you. He can't pay attention, which I understand that. I can't hear you if you explain something to me. It's hard. If you just put something on the table in front of him and let him manipulate it, He'll figure he's it got out. it. He'll figure it out on his own. And I don't know really about Sylvie yet. Right. But, but there's um, you know different facets of that that we've found... Just we love games, board games. So we'll read directions. And Alex and I have a system down. So I'm visual. He's auditory. If we flop that and I'm busy cooking dinner and he reads directions for a game and tells me afterwards, he looks at me. He's like, Mom, what did I just say?
0: And you're like, I have no idea. I have
3: no idea, son. (laughs) (laughs) I I did not follow anything that you just said to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Is there, are there any other types of learning that you didn't mention there that
3: um, like, are out there
0: that you know of?
3: Yes, there's visual, auditory, tactile, kinesthetic. Did I say all of those? Yes. Okay. So, yes, those are, oh, okay. I believe that those are all of the learning styles. Nice.
1: Cool. We just need to figure out, Adam, what, where you fall in all of that because I think you've got bits and pieces of all of them.
3: Yeah,
0: I learn um, not very well. Yeah, very slowly, I was going to say.
3: All four uh, ways need to be thoroughly. I'm like
0: a jack of all trades with all those, you know? Yeah. I just don't know how to learn very well in any of those. No. <laughs>
1: but facets. that's okay we love you anyway
0: yeah and you know what which is weird and i appreciate all you guys yeah thank you
1: okay really? i must say at this point uh i sound really weird for a reason
0: yes i guess we should probably explain um, that a little bit and, for and, all those regular hof- listeners
1: right hopefully anybody that's a normal listener uh understands that
0: uh, he doesn't I, I, have a cold well no
1: no it, it's nothing wrong with me uh we have a bad microphone yeah and our our spare microphones uh joe isn't with us tonight and he has our extra equipment so
2: that freaking guy yeah.
0: yeah produce your problems
1: yeah you know he's supposed to be helping us with the with the uh yeah the podcast and and he's just he's okay anyway uh thanks joe uh i know you'll listen to this shout out
3: to joe it's yeah yeah soon as we put
1: this out and, and i sound horrible because of you so hey
0: you know what he loves the attention
1: yeah he loves his name being
2: mentioned we appreciate your concern for our equipment issues Kindly go to our website at com, And at the bottom of the introductory page, you'll find a great little picture that says Amazon on it. Use our website to purchase all of your Amazon needs. And the Juby Take will appreciate the small percentage that Amazon kicks back to us so we can purchase equipment for your listening ears.
1: Yeah, so we can cover the stuff that Joe steals from us. But you know, thank you, Heather. That's... Our other executive producer. No, that's that's true. You know, We need to get a couple of uh, extra microphones. So anyways, yeah. let's get back to... Sorry I interrupted with everything, but I can just hear no, myself that was sounding perfect. so weird. That we were
0: too on track there for a little I, while. I, I feel to... like we needed to veer off yeah. for a second and go somewhere else. I forgot I was else. on the Juby take for yeah. a second. We,
1: we definitely did. That was, that was a... Uh,
0: I almost need to relax a little bit and get out Left turn, Clyde. Get out of our serious shoes.
1: So, okay, so the, the homeschooling, it just seems to be so positive... Uh, the results that you've gotten. And, you know, my thought before you started this and when you first started it, you know, the socialization idea of the kids interacting with other kids, which is good and bad, honestly, you know, stuck in schoolrooms with kids and cliques and...
3: There's so much bullying that goes on in Arizona. It's a huge reason why a lot of families start homeschooling, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Well, and
1: we went through that with, with Zachary. You know, Zach had a horrible time in school, in a lot of cases because you end up with, you know, the, the verbal bullies now, you know, because there's, there's and no cyber bullies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there's the kids that are, are verbally abusive and, and you're just, you're stuck, you know, listening to them call you names and deal with that. Well, you know, we, we dealt with that with Zach and, and there was a lot of issues and we were on a regular basis down at school dealing with that, but you know, you've, you've taken it upon yourself to do this and it just, the energy it takes each day. You know, I mean, as as some parents and I, you know, I, I know they're out there because I've seen them on TV shows and, and that's all true. You know, that's all based
0: <laughs> in fact. All of it.
1: The, the fact that, you know, some people are just get their kids off to school and it's like, ha, huh, all right, my day is my own. There's somebody else's problem now for the next four or five, six years celebrating that
3: break is over and kids are going back to school and right. I'm That's dreading, good. yeah, I dread it for the same reasons, but I'm glad I don't have to go and drop my kids off somewhere. I, I don't know. I but
1: you know each day you have to to you know generate the the energy to keep the kids on track, and you do such a great job with that, you know, and you have such a partnership with Alex. you know, like you talked about with the way that you guys learn, And you interact, and it's just amazing to watch because, you know, I've seen it firsthand, the idea that that he's there for you as well. And he doesn't always want to do the schoolwork, and he doesn't always want to practice piano. And, you know, there are times where he, he stomps his feet, but, you know, he he understands that you guys are in this together.
3: Well, well, I'll I'll say that that that's one of the biggest changes that I've noticed over the years. You know, when we first started, the beginning of homeschooling is rough. The the break-in period for homeschooling is one year. And when people try it out, they're thinking a couple weeks, a couple months, and then they start having breakdowns because their kids are not responding. They feel like failures. You know, there's lots of things that happen in those first couple of months. And now that there's social media out there, they post on all these groups. What am I doing wrong? I'm failing, you know, the whole big thing. And it happens every couple months. This new group of moms that go on there, mostly moms, some dads, and all of the veterans are give it a year, calm down. They're not going to be moving out next week. It's really okay. They're learning from you when you go to the grocery store. You know, you're not wasting time. Don't feel lazy. You know, you're not failing them. All of these pep talks happen regularly because, so the first year is chaotic is a good word for it. Yeah. The second year, okay, I have a few strategies to try. You learn about what homeschooling methods are. And, you know, in that first year period is called deschooling. For a lot of families that are coming from a traditional school classroom into the home, um, you know, a really common thing and kind of a knee jerk reaction is okay, I'm going to recreate school at, at home. home. And that doesn't work. And for a lot of kids, it doesn't work. And so, de schooling, basically getting school out of your system and then figuring out learning styles, figuring out what works for your family, all these kinds of tasks are ahead of you. Um, Four years into it, I sat down with Alex. We reevaluate every single year. Is homeschooling the best choice for us? I am not a diehard, you know, one method, one way kind of homeschooling mom. Uh, We reevaluate every single year. What's going to work for us? What do we need this year? Let's make some little changes. That's so
0: much work. I mean, when you think about it, like we were just talking about how some parents are just happy to, you know, hand that responsibility of all of that work off to other people.
3: It's harder than going to a job every day. Yeah. Because I did that for 10 years also. <laughs> I know what that is. And this is, this is really, it is a big job and it is hard, but and I, you have to be, be in the right mindset. Those moms that sit there and feel like they're failing all the time. That's horrible. Yeah. I mean, that that's not necessarily just a hard job. Don't do that to yourself and don't do that to your kids. If you can't get past that mindset, it's not for you. And it's not for everybody. right? You know, you need to be okay with the fact that all you did today was teach your kids how to fold laundry and did grocery shopping together.
0: Yeah. yeah. To us,
3: that's, <laughs> that's
2: gotta be a okay successful with that. homeschool day. I feel but, like I got a lot done. Yeah.
1: And having patience. You know, that's it's the big huge. thing is, is having the patience. Because honestly, you know, and I've thought about this for years, the idea that it takes 12 years to teach a child to do the basic things that you, you walk away from high school from being able to read, you know, being able to add, subtract, multiply, you know, unless you're going into a particular discipline, particular vocation, you know, algebra, geometry, all that kind of stuff, you know, trigonometry, you're not going to use it. And and there's a lot of controversy now with with some of the things that are being taught in school. And, you know, the the social studies that we used to have when I was a kid, you know, I, when I was a senior, we had a, a modern problems was one of the classes, you know, you would they would teach you how to to deal with a checkbook they would teach you how to deal with certain things and part of the problem now is that they're saying that they you know kids aren't prepared yeah, to there's... go into the world right now and deal with all the things that that they have to deal with
3: i think a lot of it has to do with and not the teacher's fault and not it just kind of the system is broken in a couple of different areas and one of them i think is standardized testing it's a big issue with a lot of even parents that have their kids in traditional schools Mm -hmm. um you know our charter school started off being really fantastic in kindergarten by third grade some of the changes they'd made in the school I know were to teach to the test
1: right exactly and it it didn't
3: serve us anymore
1: right and it's scores and it's funding and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that go on but you know being able to to teach actual skills but then also there has to be a blend. There, there has to be some things that you kind of know that you're going to have to get to, right? I mean, there, there's some things that are in traditional schools that, you know, you're eventually going to have to touch on. You know, like literature, some things like right. that. Right. Right. Sent, well, sentence structure. You
0: know, in Is History, something that you need to touch on. I mean, it's.
1: Well.
3: In Arizona, there is a list of required subjects. You just don't have to report. How you're learning and what you're learning, and um, you know another facet of the social media world in homeschooling. It's the only reason I'm on social media. I'm not even friends with any of you in this room because I don't do personal yeah. Yeah, Facebook. We've, we've noticed. I got we've noticed. <laughs> yeah, I get, I'm missing. Um, and it was I,
0: weird. I got a yeah, like a, a an event notification from you on Facebook. No way. Well, it was like, you sent it through me through text or whatever. It was for the concert. Oh, yeah, the, the off concert. Facebook. Oh, was that off yeah. Facebook?
3: Well, it was on Facebook, but I sent you the link.
0: Okay, I'm just... Yeah, yeah uh, so I don't... It was yeah. weird because I couldn't find
3: you. It was weird. I, it is weird. Okay. The only reason I'm on Facebook is for homeschooling. So I actually get exposure to some of the families that are homeschooling, let's say, in, you know, East Coast yeah. U.S. They have a lot of strict rules there. And parents get buried in the paperwork. You know, you talk about, you know, having to hold myself to a certain standard and I almost don't even feel that way. I feel like the freedom has allowed me to spend all my time on my kids Mm -hmm. and what we're working on and what we're doing and not on all of the attendance paperwork and grades paperwork and everything that I would need to send into um, the state. And it kind of fits into a classroom, you know, as a parent, when you send your kid off to school, you expect to see work coming back home. You want to see worksheets, you want to see scores, you want to see papers. This is evidence that your kid is doing something in the classroom. Right. You know, my kids when they're learning social studies and I have a 4 7 12-year-old, for me, like I'm doing a happy dance in the kitchen where they can't see me because we just had like such a successful session. I'm not even involved. They've just went and got the roll up dry erase map from the schoolroom, the US puzzle, Melissa and Doug puzzle, big floor puzzle. And the three of them are sitting on the floor with each other talking about the trips that they're taking and going on. And one of them's the pilot, and the other ones are going on a family vacation, and the other one is a businessman, and they do the puzzle. And they figure out where all the states go and fit into it, and then they have a blank dry erase that they have, and then they're drawing their trips on it. That's you so can't awesome. send that home in a worksheet. No, to a parent.
0: And like that's one thing that I wanted to kind of mention as well when we're talking about um, just kind of a testament to you and how you've been doing, and just like you know, it is hard work, like you said, but to to have. Um, your kids respond like that to have them have that, that, that fire and that passion and that drive themselves to do that they're empowered to like to want to do it to want to, to, to go out and, and do it themselves they, uh, they want to do it for themselves it seems like um, which is huge you know and the, I feel like that's something that you as, as their teacher and as their le- you know leader whatever their I'm their leader you know um, as their mom you know you've, you've given them that drive and that's really really cool
3: it's and not, fun. And they're, you know, it's it to recognize that as a win is a big thing. But then also life goes in seasons. That's not how it is in my house all the time. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm not trying to have some kind of, you know, smoke screen up here that things are fantastic. And they're running around like little geniuses every single day. No, <laughs> well,
0: no. And I mean, we might be painting a picture that's similar to that. But you know, I know that we're a little biased, you know, being Well, I'm just putting it out there that, you know, that that situation
3: I love. I do the same thing. I I try and give them the same grace that I give to myself. I'm really productive some days and some days I'm just not. And I don't sit there and say I'm, you know, a horrible person and I'm stupid because I wasn't productive that day. I try and give them the same grace, you know.
0: Well, it's even just holding yourself to that standard that every day, no matter what happens, is a positive day. And every day we're learning no matter what's going on. And so that freedom and that like, you know, kind of positivity that, that, I think that's uh, what drives part of that as well, because it's just, it kind of creates a fun atmosphere where it's not, there's no stress mm-hmm. about it. You know, if we didn't do anything or we didn't get too far, or, you know, we didn't miss our homework. We didn't, you know, do our, uh, our, our plan for our lesson today wasn't completely finished or whatever it was. Um, you're able to do it at your own pace and be okay with that, which is, I think, relieves a lot of that stress, which is awesome.
3: Absolutely. It allows
0: them to keep pushing because they don't feel down about it.
1: Right. And there's that interaction. You know, this way you're you're able to, to have that one-on-one.
3: Yeah, wh- it takes us. Which is day-
1: awesome. But again, you know, like you say, not everybody can do it because it takes patience and it takes diligence. You don't have those days where you get to check out.
3: Well, I mean... There's years that go by that. First, that's what I'm saying. Homeschooling is an interesting journey for a parent to step back for a full year when you first start homeschooling. That's a lot of days where you're not, you know, feeling like you're accomplishing much. Right. And, and that needs to happen sometimes. You know, last year was Alex's fifth, fifth grade year and we had a powwow this summer. After last year, I sat him down. I mean, you're talking about, okay, he feels like a team player, and you're noticing this year, you know, him being engaged and taking it upon himself, okay, I just need to get this done. That's from three years of trial and error and me figuring out what we needed to do and what works and then sitting him down this summer and saying, these are our choices. I can't keep doing this if you are not just going to fight me every step of the way. We have benefits to homeschooling, and there's also negatives. Both worlds have positive and negatives. And this is what I'm going to do and make a commitment to you because I know it's important to you, and this is what I need you to do as a commitment to the homeschool to make it work. Otherwise, we're going to have to figure out something else. And it does get to that point. But I feel like we had a really eclectic, (laughs) laid-back, relaxed year last year. And at the end of the year, Alex looked at me and said, I didn't learn anything. Well, I know, you know, Dad, you were around for a lot of things he learned, not to mention days and days i didn't like, like but that's that, kids that mindset that are
0: in in i mean i mean i don't know if you, like you might not like it but you know when public school that, that's the same thing you know i mean well, kids I will go to school for eight day. hours they learn a whole bunch of stuff and then you get off and they ask them what they learned like nothing
3: well we talk about <laughs> that a lot because dad comes out and does history with us yeah and last year it was what? hard yeah <laughs> he's our history professor and it's amazing, and we love when he comes out. And thank we, you, thank you very much. We we do field trips together, and we learn things. And you know, I was just telling him the other day that when he's there, there's an excitement and a motivation that just isn't there. You know, we we can accomplish a lot of certain topics when you know in our homeschool, but when it comes to history, a light switch flips when. Professor Grandpa. (laughs) It's like when you walked into Mr. Moa's class
0: in in Jefferson Middle School. It just just there's an energy. energy.
3: Yeah. There's an energy. And so for you know, for Alex this year, he's really, really stepped up and he's really taken responsibility for a lot of things. And it's been easier to schedule, you know, history lessons every week or every other week. Um, you know, we've made sure that we've stayed on different things and he'll come down and say, Okay I'm not in the mood today, but let's just get it done. And the beauty of it is that we can get it done in a couple of hours because we're not waiting in lines. We're not waiting for the other kids. We're not doing, you know, lectures and these kinds of things. I mean, that kid a lot of times is smarter than I am and is teaching me things that I didn't know regularly. So
0: that's super cool to be able to have that part of it. You know, you're learning too.
3: Oh, I feel so much smarter. As a homeschool mom, I mean, as a, like a personal benefit, completely selfish aside from what I get with my kids, I feel like I have learned so much and I did not retain half of what I learned in school. Yeah. And as an adult, being able to relearn these things and have conversations with people, I feel like such an intelligent person. That's awesome. It is. What it you're really exposed cool.
1: to. And I feel the same way from the time that, that you and Alex asked me to be involved with the history. And, you know, I do more reading and more research into things to be prepared. Right. And, you know, we, we basically deal with it in a way that, that makes sense to us. And there's part world history, there's part U S history, there's local history and it's so much fun. And Alex is, he is amazing. I mean, his recall of yeah. things, of, of things that, you know, you talk about and, you, the things you go over and the research that, that we do together. And it really is a shared experience and it's one of the most fun things I've ever done.
3: Yeah. So that's, that that's something that I like um, I'd like to say also is that, you know, as a homeschool mom, you have different roles that you can take and everybody's homeschool looks different. This is our homeschool and this is going to be different than every other homeschool on the planet, Right? you know, just to kind of throw that out there. And, There are families that, you know, wake up seven o'clock in the morning, go meet at the table, do a lecture, do a ton of book work, um, you know, and that works for them. And that structure is what they thrive in. And that's totally acceptable. That's not what our homeschool looks like. My kids are climbing all over the couch and exercise balls and scooters zooming around. And, and that's kind of what ours looks like. But as as a homeschool mom, I don't even necessarily consider myself as teacher role. I fit more into a peer. So if there's a project that we're going to work on, Alex and I are a team, like you're talking about. Hey, mm-hmm. let's go do this. I mean, he has a final project on his rainforest that's kind of been pushed back and we really need to get it done, but but we're talking about he's going to do the brochure part of it and I'm going to make a diorama because in his curriculum There's differentiation in it, which I really like, but those are the options of the projects and brochure and kind of a written thing is more his deal. And I love dioramas and I haven't made a diorama since like (laughs) middle school and I'm actually really excited about it. Nice. And then we're going to film it, which is the third aspect of, you know, third option. So we're going to do all three options, but we're going to do them together and it makes it a little less daunting. And I'm also a facilitator. So... I find him the materials. I go to the library. Okay, he wants to learn about a particular thing. Um, I make sure he has all the materials that he needs to learn that. Um, The teachers he needs. Piano teacher. um, You know, I couldn't do what she does. So I'm there to drive him, uh, pay her, (laughs) get the books for him, and make sure he practices. And you can, you know, you can be more of a teacher and more of a, I don't know, I think that there's maybe another label that you can throw out there as far as a homeschool mentor role right a mentor would be he has a couple Mm -hmm. of mentors that are kind of like outside of the home but
2: really good information amazing i'm so sorry we we put you through public school and such a irreverent and Maybe a bad match sometimes, but, you know, everybody has a different reality. We all have different homes that we grew up in, and your job as children is to survive ours and do better for your kids, and it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. So kind of playing devil's advocate, I'm I'm hearing a lot of that the learning um, is often motivated by what Alex wants to, uh, what he's interested in, and what he wants to learn next. How do you deal with the building blocks of just say the basics of reading, writing, and arithmetic? So he has you know, the basic information um, in reading, writing, or math so that he, um, he's able to um, learn the more advanced subjects.
3: That's a really, really great question. Because I think it's where a lot of homeschool families feel like they fail and really stress themselves out to get to a certain standard um, that's dictated to them, Uh, whether it's college or, um, you know, if their kids want to enroll in a high school. So the simple things are more, I don't know if natural is the right word in a homeschool as far as reading, writing. Um, There's no pressure from peers or teachers um, to learn it at a certain age. So you have more flexibility to wait until the child's ready.
0: I also felt with like reading for me, that was a big thing that was hard. So um, it was like the pressure of everyone else was reading faster and like getting done with pages and getting done with books and stuff before I would get done. It was really discouraging for me. So like that'd be...
3: Right. I mean, that's a... You know, that, that can be motivating for some kids and not so much for other kids. It, it totally is a unique situation. Um, and for, for certain families that really stress themselves out in that area, they will go and, and have, and, and just for practice test-taking as well, have their kids go take standardized tests. And there are certain um, centers that you can go that will provide proctors and tests and everything, and you can go and have that done. And the majority of the results of those tests, our homeschool kids are uh, surpassing their grade level leaps and bounds coming from homeschool situations. The problem solving we were talking about earlier, that ability to go and figure out how to learn a new topic is going to serve those kids when they get to the college level in a way that kids in a traditional classroom that have just been handed the materials and need to manipulate it don't have. You know, our personal preference for math and, you know, as far as curriculum goes for reading and writing, sentence structure, things like that, um, we use just a small piece of a much bigger program and we work through those things kind of at a slower pace than what they suggest, but are still covering them. And on his own time, you know, for example, Alex, during the summer, they have summer reading program through the library, I sign him up for that. And he reads normally 2000 pages in the summer months. He doesn't really read a lot during the winter. But it's I um I guess my answer would be it's more of an organic way of learning those skills than checking it off of a checklist that they've done it at a certain grade level.
1: But you're still accomplishing that. So when they get to that next level, they're going to have those skills. Exactly. So, it's so just it's-
3: a lot harder to track. So when those families that are, I feel like I'm failing and, and nothing's going great and, and I need to, you know, they're going to go to school next year and I'm so embarrassed that, you know, I feel like we haven't been doing anything and they haven't been advancing. And, and, they go and take the test and they're two years above the grade level that they're going to be going into. Yeah. It's so just...
1: the, I guess the, the thing for me would be the structure. You know, if say, for example, you know, Alex is in the fifth grade. So if he continues and you determine that, he, you know, he wants to go to a high school, then, okay, so that's ninth grade, but now you're in a classroom and the bell rings, you know, and you're there for 40 minutes or whatever it is. And then you go to the next one, that structure every day. So there's going to have to be some preparation for that because that's not what he's used to, right? Right, right. But he's at that point at an age that I think that he might understand that, okay, here's what I'm going to. There's been
3: families that the kid goes to school for senior year just for fun or junior year just to go see what it's like. There's a lot of kids that will go and it's more of a social experiment than it is really an academic endeavor for them um, just to kind of go and have that experience and to be able to go to prom and you know those are the highlights of those years they're really you know not feeling like they're gaining so much knowledge in that year that they didn't get at home
0: Right, like that right. one that one year is setting them up for college or you know it's they like, just don't like
3: it's kind of like what do you remember from fifth grade or sixth grade I, could you yeah. tell me what you Remember what you learned.
0: I made a puppet.
3: You know, Alex is going to remember that, you know, his sixth grade year, you know, at the beginning of the year, we made new friends and went and climbed through some World War II airplanes at a field trip with, you know, history with grandpa. And he's going to remember the name of those planes. And he's going to remember what it felt like to hold the machine gun in the back and how freezing it must... These yeah, are yeah. visceral experiences that he's had exactly. that he's yeah. going to remember. Yeah, to that particular. It's very year. easy
0: to to recall certain events and things when you're doing it like that and you have that experience where yeah, pulling from you know eight years or you know, gosh, I'm so terrible with all this numbers and stuff. It, you know, I, I, <laughs> do you want to <laughs> okay. join our homeschool? No, I, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's the
1: public school system. Right, right there, there you go, but I,
0: you know. Mm -hmm. But, but being in school for, for so many years and you're in the same, thank you, you're in the same, um,
3: not including kindergarten,
0: the same kind of like classroom setting, you know, and maybe it all like will blur together, you know, and it's like, of course you're, um, you're learning different things, but it's hard when you don't have the, the, the pull that experience of walking onto the airfield you know, and and walking into the plane and the things that...
3: Right, when you read about it in a book, it doesn't give you the same type of experience. And, you you know, unschooling, learning by experience, child-led learning, all of these things, I'm able to plug in reading and writing and math and everything into these um, experiences. So um, the other thing that I wanted to say, though, um, for Heather, your question, I think it really has a lot to do with the child that you're teaching as well. For example, Alex is a very competitive person. He's also very adaptable. So he can, I feel like he walks into situations, um, is able to socialize. He's very social, fall into line. He learns the rules. He's, he's very specific on rules and needs to follow them. I mean, everybody that knows Alex knows that. I don't think that he will struggle when he gets to that kind of situation and he didn't struggle when he went to school, he was fine in school. It was when he got home with me and that's really why I pulled him out is because I felt like I was getting the raw end of the deal. I got the Alex that was throwing fits and meltdowns all the time and he went and had a great time in somebody else's classroom while I sat at home with Max. That didn't feel like a good equation to me. So did I answer your question
2: I don't think I I asked it appropriately. I'm really wanting to know how you deal with the building blocks of learning. And I know you started with Alex in the third grade. And so there are certain things that you learn in third grade that prepare you for sixth grade learning. We're talking about, I mean, just let me break it down to, you have to learn the alphabet before you can start to read. You have to learn um, adding, subtracting, and multiplication before you start learning algebra. I'm just wondering how you deal with the basic learning principles of reading, writing, and arithmetic so the more advanced learning can take place. Does that make sense? It does. During the deschooling
3: period, you abandon a lot of the sequential learning, Ideas that you have to sit down and learn, um, you know, at this level. So, for example, Alex is in sixth grade. So, he's taken an, a class online that was Greek mythology and a writing class. So, he was writing a five paragraph essay by the end of the class. He doesn't do a lot of pen and paper writing, but He takes this class, and by the end of the class, in this example, I'm the facilitator. This instructor tells him that his final paper is high school level, that he did just an amazing job. He was able to research online, he put it together, he made connections between all of the topics. He's um, an amazing speller, which you would appreciate. Um, I tried giving him a couple of spelling tests way back when we first started homeschooling, and I don't do that anymore. It's pointless. He's an amazing speller. Um, punctuation, he just kind of understands. And maybe I'm you know, um, going to struggle in these areas with the other kids, and I don't with Alex. I guess that's part of my answer with it kind of depends on the child, where Alex seems to you know, academics is not really where he has his challenges. (laughs) In other worlds, he does. Um, So for example, let's talk about Max a little bit because, you know, um, this is a perfect opportunity for his reading, um, learning the alphabet. These things are a little bit more challenging for him. Um, He's seven and a half. So, you know, for him, I'm still trying to teach him how to memorize the, the alphabet song and he mixes up some of the letters and all of a sudden, you know, a couple, like a month ago, he's reading. Well, you know what? He still can't recite, you know, he probably could, but it was not long ago that he was still mixing up some of the letters in the alphabet. So this is kind of why I'm talking about how it being, you know, non-sequential, like I can't necessarily mark things off of the list because he's an, he's an asynchronous learner. That's a whole nother podcast, by the way, but... Um, well, I can't. 58 minutes in, and we just got to that point. Well,
1: and, and we have a mandate to, to keep it under an hour. It really is, because um, it's, yeah. Right. Because we were told. I like, wonder who told you that. Well, I think. I, I don't remember exactly who it was, but somebody was pretty forceful about it, as I recall.
3: That, I think in the, that was a really fun night, by the way.
0: Kind of to what you were just talking about earlier. You mentioned that, you know, Alex went for the ninth grade math, or, ninth, you know, and uh, he's like, well, I just don't know how to do this. You know, and he's just like, all right, well, that was the point where you're like, all right, well, we need to go back and learn the basics and like the addition or subtraction or multiplication or whatever it was. Instead of just
3: telling him what it is, you have to learn this now and not him knowing why. In our homeschool, I'm able to give him the freedom to go and learn what he wants and then realize, wait.
0: I don't know what I need to to figure this out. So I need to go back and learn the essential things or learn those basic
3: Right. And he understands what's happening. Right. I mean, that yeah. concept to me is such a profound concept that yeah, that's just is impossible in a big classroom of kids. And maybe there's a few kids that can piece that out. But, you know, I have a friend that's teaching high school level right now. And her son that's Alex's age is at home drawing descriptions and kind of flow charts. Mom, maybe this will help you teach the kids, because she said, okay, you know, fill out this poster board, do whatever you want. Just teach me this particular subject about the Renaissance time period. And they're like, but what do you want us to put on it? She said, do whatever you want, go learn about it. And then you can do music, you can do clothing, you can sew a dress, you can cook me some food, you can, but what do you want us to do? What what do you want on the poster board? It escapes right. them. And they're in high school level. This is what I mean. Like you just when you're around somebody that, that just gets it and has learned that way and is so young, you don't realize comparing
2: that to you know
1: the structured education.
2: Yeah. Excellent job at answering a question that was completely muddy and unclear.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm so hoping that you will come back at a later date and share the experiences that you have homeschooling Max because he sounds like he's a completely different learner and your abilities at mentoring and facilitating uh, your homeschool children are going to um, expand and grow by leaps and bounds and I'm so blessed to learn from you and from my grandkids on a regular basis. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Okay. That was nice. It really was nice. And, you know, and, and each week and the people that listen to the podcast every week, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this tonight was the the difference, you know, in the alternative ways of of learning that you can have and you know, Adam every week shows us what the public school system produces. And uh, and so it's, it's nice to know.
2: <laughs> I love you so much, Adam, and you are so smart.
0: No, I, I'm... Uh, the
2: look on Adam's face, I just
3: need to snap a picture and put it on Facebook. Hang on a second, don't move.
0: <laughs> I love you, Dad. Well,
1: and I love you too, Adam. And uh, so, you know, honestly... This has been a topic we've wanted to talk about for a long time. And Marie, thank you very much for for coming out.
3: Thank you so much for having me and this...
1: spending time with us and and I truly love being, you know, history with grandpa is is something that I really enjoy. And
3: me too. It's it's my favorite. It it's an amazing experience and to see my kids light up, I mean, all all three of them on their own levels and, you know, Sylvie Hasn't appeared much in this podcast, but she is so bright. I mean, talk about, you know, she knows her alphabet. And sh- she was breaking down claustrophobic in syllables two nights ago. She's clapping syllables of claustrophobic. I just can't wait to see what she does also because they're just all so different. And
1: and they're very engaging. They they yeah. all three are. So that's a lot of fun. and And, you know, this is a giant, you know. Group hug from all of us and <laughs> whoever's listening. You know, hope you appreciate it. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, but if you didn't, we had a great time.
3: Can I? Can I add one last thing? Sure. I appreciate the support that I get for homeschooling from everybody in my life. And one of the reasons that so many moms doubt themselves is because they have at least one. I am incredibly rare and lucky in the homeschooling world to have basically 100% support in homeschooling. Almost all families and moms in particular have at least one person that will be sending them messages and telling them basically how they're not doing a good job. And...
1: That's got to be difficult.
3: Absolutely. And I didn't know that that was a thing. And so to see all of these moms doubting themselves, I mean, part of the reason that I feel like I'm so successful is because I have the support that I do. And... And I couldn't do it without all of you.
0: That's super cool. No, I've I've definitely enjoyed talking. I've learned a lot since you've uh, you know started doing that, and I've ex- it's been exciting to to learn that culture and um, everything. And there's nothing more exciting and more rewarding than than teaching someone else and watching them grow, especially someone that you care about so deeply. Uh, as, you know, as a child, you know, for me, it's you know employees that I connect with. Um, but you know, hopefully, everyone at some point in time is able to, you know, mentor or, 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 or teach and, and, uh, and, and be a part of, of something so special like that. So it's yeah. really it's awesome. a lot
3: different when you spend every single day with somebody than when you send them off and don't see them eight hours a day. You know, I didn't realize how much I needed to learn and get to know about Alex and yeah. my son.
1: Oh no, that's true.
0: That's half of, uh, of, of teaching is, is learning who you're teaching. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Well, thanks guys thanks marie thank you thanks mom all right well if you guys want there's going to be more perspectives later
4: who are the good ones the good ones of today point them out to me so i can come and join their way. we'll walk around this land with open hands looking for change we we'll want to understand it's progression we have a hand humanity is killing we for this we will not stand i say let's progress in good contest Make conference than love our best. Our onslaught of love will be at an all time high, crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines. Our love that makes no sense. We who spend love at no expense, we are a force of passion, creating a new faction, taking action, working hard just for the satisfactions. With the abilities to shine so bright that others wanna fight because our light is in their eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, we all. Skies. Don't remain mystified by their lies Can't trust us, but we will teach you how to be true Teach you how to speak the truth, but we stand here We listen to you, no longer hinder For love is the spark, and we are its tender. We are the good ones, the good ones of today We're sending out a call for you to come and join our way We gotta do everything that you call our day.